We are learning Dafnun Beis. We're starting for the Mishnah right in the top. Again, we're all in the sugis of Tikkun Ola, of different ideas which were instituted to make the world better. So, continuing on the tangent. What happens if you have Yisomim? You don't really, uh, they inherit a lot. And they have a lot of property, but they can't necessarily take care of it themselves. So they're relying on a Balabayas who's going to, who's going to, who's going to help them out. And this person, Rashi says, he may have been appointed by the father. He may not have been appointed by the father. The point is, is that he's considered a legal, like, trustee, perhaps, is the right word. Like, an, a sort of apatrobus. Oh, or if their father appointed actually, like, an official title person called an apatrobus. That's their job. So in those scenarios, that's what apatrobus is. He's going, basically, to look after the interests of the, interests of the Yisoman, which means that a lot of times the, the Yisoman will, will, will need properties to be sold in order because they might need a, a flow of cash. They might need a flow of cash. They might need to eat or whatever it is. So there the halacha, the halacha is that the administrator has that koach. It's an interesting thing. It's like a koach that he's able to manage the estate and sell the properties and get, turn it into money. So what's the law? Chayav la'aseh perosem. So this person is chayav to be ma'aser the peros. Basically the idea is is that you want to take off miser. You want to be mafresh miser, trim us some miser on fruits before eating for the rest of the stuff or else it's tevel. And uh, this, this works. And it makes sure that the Yusoman will not be eating tevel because this person is going to be uh, being mafresh, mafresh before he feeds it to them. However, it continues, let's say you have an, an, an administrator who's appointed by the father. Yishava, there's a din of swearing. What is this din of swearing? It sounds like at the end, when they grow up, like there's like a day of reckoning, you know? And like, let's see all the bills. Let's see all the accounts. Let's see everything that happened. Show us all the paperwork. So in that case, after all said and done, he has to swear to the Asomim that he didn't keep any of their property. Minu Basin, but if the court appointed him as an apatropus, then lo yishava, then he doesn't have to swear because we're going to basically see that this far is nobody would ever be accept a job from the court if they knew that they were going to have to pay. Like a court, it's like a court lawyer, you know, like the guys who are appointed court lawyers, it's not a great job. So, 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 so they have to like incentivize that it's not so bad so they don't have to swear at the end. So a regular apatrop is that the father was appointed, he does have to swear. But the court appointed one does not have to swear. But Shal Lamar Khilvat's the opposite. A court appointed one, a court appointed one, we say uh, he does have to swear, and the father's one does not have to swear, and we'll have to see his rationale in the Gemara. Okay, so two different points here. First of all, they're able to be, to, they're able to be effective and they should take off Trumas and Maestros for the Yisomim. And number two is that there's a din of a shvu at the end and there's Machogus Abishol and Rabbanon uh, in terms of who has to swear. There's two types of Apatropos. Apatropos appointed by the father or appointed by the court. There's a dispute which one has to swear and which one is, is, is exempted. So the first thing is that we say that he's Mafresh fruits for that. He's Mafresh Trumas and Maestros. So Frakti Gemar, how is that true? Or Mini, look at the Brizo. The Brizo says, who takes off Trumas? The Pasuk says, Aten, you. Atem kam atem. So what do we say? Below, shutfim. Partners cannot tithe. In other words, unless you're authorized, unless you're a shliach of the other, of the other partner, of the other shutfim, you can't be mafresh his, without his permission. Atem below and a sharecropper, even though he's very close, he has rights to you know, make the fruits, but they're not his. So if they don't belong to him, he doesn't have the ability to take off trimmers and misers. Atem below apatrop. And another thing, an apatrop is an administrator, cannot be mafresh the stuff of the orphans. Uh, because the mindset that it doesn't belong to them. And in general, the basic idea of all this is that we learn only you can be mafresh and it requires a bila. So l'chayr, it's pretty schwer. We see here that, that, that you need a din bailas. Our mission was saying that Apatropos takes off the trumas of misers for the, on behalf of these women to make sure they don't eat tevel. The bris was indicating otherwise. The bris was saying that they, they, that they can't because they don't have a din bailam. So our mission is talking about when they're going to eat. In other words, the situation is is that they're, 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 the, the Yisomim are going to be eaten right now. 
And what's happening is that the Rabbanon are making a special takana. They're, they're actually, like, remember Hefker Basin, Hefker that we learned back in the middle, a while ago? Basin's actually doing that. They're transferring ownership of the fruits to the Yisom, to the, for, of the Yisomim, to the Apotropis, in order to give him the legal possibility of being Mavish Rimus and on behalf of the Yisomim. All that's when they take an old them. We have to make sure that they're not eating Teva. We want to make sure they're eating kosher food. So therefore, we give them the legal ability to own the Trimus, to own the fruit, be Mavish Trimus and Meisers. And, uh, and, and that's all because the Yisomim are going to be eaten right now. That's our Mishnah. Whereas Khan, the Brisa that said that the, the, the Apotropis can not take off trimmers and maizers, that's That's we're talking about when it's being stored until they're growing to go up. Since, since, since the, the Yisomim themselves then can be mafish when they grow up, there's no reason for the, to have a special takam the Rabbanon that to transfer the ownership to the, to, to, to the administ- administrator now, and therefore you can't take off because it doesn't belong to him. And the Gemara supports this. Vatanya, it's like it says in the Brahms, the idea is an Apatrabas fundamentally could be but that's only to feed the orphans now. Now is trying just to, so, to store away the surplus produce. So it's to understand like what the idea would be. Let's say the Yisoma needs some food right now. So we're, we're uh, selling a piece of property in order to get fruit. Now we're getting some for now and some to store away for later. So, 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 and the amount that they need now, you can be mafish trimmers and maestros, but in the amount that's going to be stored away, away later, you're not allowed to because it's not exactly a big point. Someone can do it when they grow up. Continues the price. So the price just continues with other halachas here about apotropos. What can be sold? Behema, they can sell their animals. Abadim, their slaves, shvachos, their maidservants. Batim, their houses. Sados, their fields. Ukramim, and their vineyards. All of those things are possible to be sold. Lahachal in order to feed the orphans from these proceeds. They're not supposed to do it to sell in order, you know, to deposit inside of a bank account. What's the shot? Rashi seems to learn that we never secure, like money is very easy to be stolen. So you never want to see them li- like, like, like turning everything into liquid. You don't want to see that. You'd rather see that the estate remains in, the, uh, it remains in, its, in, in its intact state. So assets are more valuable basically than cash to a certain degree. So we'd rather see them not sell unless right now the Yisomim need uh, the money. They could sell for them peros, fruits, yenos, wine, they could sell all these things to feed them. In other words, let's say they have a lot of fruit, but they need meat or something like that. So they can make such a transfer, they can do it. Again, not to deposit more in the bank account. They're allowed to go and prepare the lulav and all the, the sukkah and the tzitzis, all the mitzvos. In other words, these are the mitzvahs of chinuch. So even though they're young, but there's a din of chinuch. So this is true for anything that has a set amount. Meaning the cost is not open-ended. Last year's shofar comes to include even a shofar. Basically, any mitzvah, even though you wouldn't think it's, you know, like a regular, no, there's a din of chinuch and abatrabas is therefore, that's part of the needs of them. And they can sell from the estate in order to go purchase these mitzvah items. But lochanahem, they can even purchase with them Sefer Torah, Tzvilin, and Mezuzos. So these are other examples of things which they may need that uh, he may possess in order to fulfill the mitzvahs and learn and be trained in the proper chinuch. Continues the Brisa. However, they ain't paiskalim They can't pledge any tzedakah. What's the pshat? So Rashi explains that the pshat is because even though it's a mitzvah, so you would say, isn't there a chinuch on the mitzvah tzedakah? What's the difference? The answer is there are too many poor people around. There are always people, poor people around. So it's a darashim lo kitzvah. It has no limit. That's the idea. We train them in mitzvahs, but only when it's a limited amount of money that's going to be required. So it could be a big amount of money. Sometimes the rule of an could be expensive, but at the point is it's a limited cap. Whereas when you're dealing with, 
There's no cap. There's no limit on such a thing. Even Pidyon Shvuyim. You know, the Rambam says Pidyon Shvuyim is the most important mitzvah that exists in the Torah. The Rambam says. Very interesting. But even Pinyon Shvuyim, again, a limitless sort of expense that cannot be taken from the Yisrael estate. Low called Kitzvah or anything which does not have a specific limit, something which, which, which requires like more spending continuously, that cannot be done. And what is that? Even comforting the mourners, which is interesting. Why does that cost money? What is that? So it's interesting. It seems that that's what they used to do. They used to... Uh, there used to be some collection that they would take and people would pay, you know, sending food, that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what it's referring to. Okay, continues the price of They're not allowed to litigate. And they go, the guy thinks, oh, I'll go to court on behalf of the Yisomim. Actually, you're not allowed it. Whether it's you're going to lose or to win, you don't do it involving the property, you don't do it. So basically, if there's a claim against the orphans and they need a lawyer, so we're saying that the Zapotropos doesn't, doesn't represent them because he might lose. And rather, Rashi says that Yisomim should just say, we will come to court when we grow up. Now we're little kids, and therefore you can't try us. Says the Gemara, let's go to my love. If he's going to win, why can't he? Right? In other words, the whole point is that he has to do what's best for the Yisomim. So if, it's, if he'll win the case, what's the big deal? So the Gemara says, Allah, you're right. Rather, we change the gear. So Lachov Amanas Liz goes. They can't lose even with the intent to win. Benichse Yisomim. So very interesting thing. It's, it's like a crazy thing. They go to court. They get, it's like a crazy advantage. They go to court. And, and if they win, then they have the power to litigate. But if they, if they lose, they didn't have the power. So it's like, a, it's like a very, very interesting thing. So he's representing them only in, 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 if he's able to find a good judgment for them. But if he loses it, then it will not, um, it will not stand. Now, Lamaisa, what would you say? The post can say, like, is that a fair court case? You know, like the post are left, like, very much struggling at the end of such a thing. Like, you basically, you go in knowing, <laughs> knowing that if you lose, it's going to be bottled. You're only... It's going to be kind of if you win. So it's like, what, going in your own risk? Like, what's the point? Why would the other side do it? It seems a little difficult practically to understand after this is said and done. Continues the price of They're not supposed to sell land which is far away and redeem for them a nearby land. Or they shouldn't sell poor land to redeem a good land. My time, what's the reason? I mean, it seems that you're doing good things. You might not, they might, you some, this is, they might not need food. It's not a case you're selling to get food for them food, but you're, you're, you're improving their... Their uh, portfolio, you're selling something far and buying something close, so it shouldn't be gone. Why not do that? Because maybe the new lands will become damaged, right? And there's always ideas, like you leave it to fate. Don't get, you know, you don't rock the boat. That's the idea. The, the role of these, is very interesting in Apotropos. The role of an Apotropos is not to try to increase the amount of money that the Arshim acquired. That's not their role. That's not, they're, not, they're not the money manager. That's not their point. So therefore, anything which could hypothetically bring to a loss, even if, it seems like it's a good thing to do. They don't do. They're hands off. It's very much a hands off sort of sort of position. The role of Apotropos is to manage it, to sell when it needs to be sold, to recognize what is an important needs for them, and to take those steps. But stop to make their business account go more. We say, you know, maybe a damage will come. They're not allowed to sell fields and in, in, in exchange purchase slaves. Because again, who says that that's such a th- good thing? You know, their ideas, slaves get old, they die. Who knows if that's really a good idea? But if there's something which is absolutely a clear benefit, there's no tzad that anything bad can come of it, then you can do it. So if you want to sell a slave and buy a field, that's something which is like absolutely no risk involved. So then that's, that's okay. No, even that. You're not... They, it, we, they're also not supposed to sell the slaves and buy the fields. My time, what can possibly go wrong there? Because 
they won't be laid to rest. What does that mean? There might be someone who's going to claim against the land. Remember, lands all, oftentimes can have liens. So you think you're buying a piece of land, you think, oh, look what I did for the Yisomim, then comes along a creditor and takes it away and you look like a fool. So basically the rule is anything which has more of an element of a risk, don't do. And that's where the Machlokas Tanoim is, is selling a slave to buy a field. Is that considered absolutely foolproof or not? Continues the bride. So, they're not permitted to free the slaves that uh, belongs to them. And even if there's no, there's no financial loss here, we're not talking about, the, let's say the slaves are, are willing to purchase their freedom which, with you know, a huge amount of money that someone's pledging on their behalf. So it's not a question of loss of money, but the point is rather that he doesn't own them. So if you don't own them, Apatrabas is not considered a real din bailim, so you can't free them. He doesn't have that, the capacity to free them. If, if he wants, what they can do is like this. You could sell the slave to someone else for the benefit now of the orphans. That person will, will give you a lot of money. And then the second person will talk and become a bailim, and he will become, and he can set them free. So we're saying basically like this. Apatropos is not a din bailim on the slaves. He's a din that over, over the, the assets he's able to sell. Such a subtle thing. He doesn't have the power to free. He has the power to sell. So if you try to stomp to free, it won't work. But he could sell to a third party. The third party will legally acquire the slave, and now the third party can free them. So again, that could be in the best interest. It will be cash, cash flow coming in, just like there are a lot of sell selling. They could sell the slave, but he can't free himself. Rebbe Omer, Omer, the slave could take money. The third party could give the money to the slave, and the slave could give it to the apatropos and go to freedom because it's like selling the slave to himself. If, I, if he has the ability to sell but not to free, you could turn freeing into selling. Just Make it very subtle. The slave brings money and he gives you the cash and now I give him freedom. So what did I just do? I sold him to himself. What's the difference if I sell him to a third party if I sell the slave to the slave? So it's a way of selling the slave to the slave that can also be effective. There's a day of reckoning at the end. Um, they, make, they make a reckoning and, and, and that at, at that point, you have to go through every single business point. He actually doesn't, uh, does not have to. All right. We don't have women, slaves, or minors that should be apatropin. What's the pshat? So Rashi seems to say that women aren't used to the travels. They're very difficult. Apatropin oftentimes has to move around a lot, and women aren't necessarily used to that, so that's not good for them. We don't trust slaves. And Ketanim, I mean, obviously, you don't want to have a cotton managing his state. He doesn't have das, right? So that's not good. What happens if we knew Avi? So let's say the father specifically appointed these people. Then it would just be although he has the right to. We're not going to appoint someone else necessarily to replace them. So even though we wouldn't appoint them, if the father did before his death and he accepted the risk, then we don't get involved. Says the Gemara story. There was once an Apatrops who was living in Rameir's neighborhood. He sold the orphans land and he bought slaves. Ooh, so that's what we said you're not supposed to do. Rameir did not allow him. Right, we said that that might be bad. Slaves die. Karka's more like you know uh, solidified that it's going to be, or so forth. It's a bad thing to do. So Rameir didn't allow him. So Akli Bakame in the in the court they sh- in the Shemaim the basin shel Shemaim showed Rameir in a dream. They showed him as follows: I need a house to live. Knows I want to destroy, and you want to build. Meaning. God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shows him in this dream that he actually had in mind that the Apatrabah should do a simple, should do a bad thing because he was trying, man, I, there was a, there was a Zerim and a Shemayim that the property should be lost. So they were like Fatanin and Rameir because the Abishtah had a Ratzan that the property be lost and here Rameir is helping out the Arsha making sure the Apatrabah doesn't do the wrong thing that's not in their best interest. So Rameir is messing up HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan, so to speak. Rameir did not pay attention to the dream. He continues to step up and, and block the administrator. Amar, Rameir said, This is a dream. Doesn't, doesn't step up, doesn't step down. It's, it's, it's worthless. You pay no attention from any dreams. There are often dreams which are false. Says the Marhuba and Trade Garba Satan were two people. The Satan would 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 mean his garb means like he would rile them up to sin. The Satan got them. How did he rile them up to sin? Every 
Bein Ashmashos on Friday night, they would fight. And the Satan would instill, you know, incite them one against the other. Ikla Rameh, the Hasra Rameh went there. He stayed for three Bein Ashmashos in a row until he was able to make peace. You know, he was always around and he was able to play peacemaker. So Shami the Kamra, he then heard the Satan saying, Vay, whoa, the Apke Rameh, Lu Gavri Beis, Rameh has kicked out the Satan from his own house. Rameh, here you see in two different occurrences, is messing with the Shamayim, either with, with, the, with the, 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 the dream or with the, what the Satan was trying to accomplish. Says the Gemara, another three. There was once an administrator who was living in the town of Shuban Levi. He sold the orphans' lands and he bought oxen. So that's obviously not a good thing to do, to buy an ox from the land. But Shuban Levi did not say anything. What's the pshat? It's bad. We said you can't sell land to buy slaves. So to, to sell land to buy uh, an ox should also be not good. So how come Rabbi and Levi wasn't stepping up and stopping them? So the Gemara explains it's a very unique thing about an ox. All my days, I never just called my wife my wife, or my ox. I never called them an ox. I wanted to show their prominence and significance. I wanted to show my wife a proper respect and my ox the proper respect. So what did I do? What did I call them? My, my wife I called my house. And the point is, she's, you know, the maker of the home. And I, I responsible for everything in the home. And I give her, therefore, that, that esteem-like status. I say, she's not just my wife. She's my home. And that's the idea, really, that comes from the Torah. The Torah says, Ulebezo, by the Kohen Gadol, we found, Ulebezo, Ishto, that a person's wife gives him a sense of home. Ulebezo, Sadai, for an ox, I call him my field. As if to say, without my ox, then I don't have a field. So there you see Rabbi Yossi holds the prominence of an ox. It's not just a regular ox, but an ox should be viewed as the Iker mainstay of the field. So therefore, it's not really such a bad thing to sell a field and buy an ox. That's the point that we're trying to make. Says the Gemara, Once it happened, there were orphans who were relying on an asafta. Doesn't, I don't know if it, usually Saf doesn't mean literally a grandmother in Aramaic. It just means an old woman. They were relying on an old woman to manage their stuff. Have a little tour. So they owned a cow. Shakli was living in Allah. She took it. She sold it for them. So also coming to Rav Nachman, the crow from the relatives, Kraman from Rav Nachman. Normally, they said to him, I've been to this Who is she to be selling it? Who, who appointed her? What's the shot? I mean, they were relying on her. But now that she made a move, suddenly the other relatives are stepping in and saying, who is she to make a move on the property? So Amalu, Rav Nachman said, you so much so much about Eisenhower. That's the law from the mission. If the orphans were relying on a householder, even though it wasn't an official appointment by the father of the court, that person is authorized. So there's basically unofficial Apotropos as well. That's what the Lushan of the Mishnah is reflecting. There could be a formal introduction of Apotropos to the father of the court, or there could be an unofficial status where the person, the Yusoma and the Meister, rely on her. And if the Yusoma are comfortable with it and they rely on her, then that person has a din Apotropos and they're able to sell. Says the Gemara of the cow increased in value. So therefore, what? We're trying to say that, um, that, 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 that the orphans, maybe they're entitled to get from the purchaser the current value of the cow. In other words, they sold it. After they sold it, now the, value, now the value went up. So is there a way that they can get more value? So Rav Nachman said, What do you mean? It increased in the value of the possession of the purchaser, meaning it went up after the sale. So he doesn't have to give you the increased value of it. It, it, it went up in his, in, his, in his possession. So the relatives argued, But the orphans didn't take money for the cow at the time of the sale. Meaning what happened? Let's just understand this. You need to make a Kenyan for a sale to be valid. So basically, if you make a Mashicha, Mashicha is the normal method of Kenyan on Metaltlin. So they made a Mashicha on the cow, but they hadn't yet paid. So basically, the, the relatives were arguing that if they made a Mashicha, but they didn't pay, so then the Yisobim can say, now that you're paying, you have to pay for the current price. Uh, and it really went up in Arashur. So Amalur of Nachman said, 
Ah, the money hadn't come yet? That's great. Because we treat the property of orphans just like the base of Mikdash. Just like the base of Mikdash, it can only be acquired with money. So let's understand this. Normally, if the scenario would occur between Reuven and Shimon, Reuven sells Shimon a cow, and then it goes off after the Mashiach. But before, they agreed on a price. But before he actually gave him the money, the price went up, the value of the cow went up, he doesn't have to give him more. Because the Kenyan was already chal with the Mashiach. The Kenyan is chal with the Mashiach, even though now the value went up, but the price was locked in. The transfer already occurred. It went up. It appreciated in the value of the purchaser. But here we're saying just like right, Hektish, Hektish, their hand is as they have the upper hand. So if they're selling something, someone's redeeming something from Hektish and there's a price and then they, they do a Kenyan, but, but, but then it goes up, they have to pay the increased value. The idea is that only once you give it, it's only through the Kenyan Kasef that you give to base Mikdash, that's when it it's solidified. Until then, you're always going to have to pay any increases in value. So we're saying that the Yisomim and the Rabbanon have that same strength as Hektish. That's obviously Rabbanon and they took an Olam to help out their, their interest to say that if, if they sold something and it was, there was a Kenya Meshichah, but then the price went off, then they have the right to say, we're charging, the money should be given to us in accordance with the higher value that it is worth now. Okay, says the Gemara, no, the purchasers of wine of Rabbana Okva, who was an orphan, they did a Mashiach unto the possession. So basically, you have a, a, a Yasum here, Rabbana Okva, who's selling wine to other purchasers, and they did a Mashiach. The price was four zuz per barrel. What happened? Then the, the increase, there was an increase in the value of wine, and now it's worth six zuz per barrel. So still coming to Rabbana Achman, then what do they want to say? The administrator's coming, and he says, I want this increased value. They want, he wanted Rabbana Achman to know if they could get it. Rabbana Achman said, I'm Rabbana Achman, that's my what we just had. So therefore, as long as you haven't yet gotten the money, then it's not considered a completed sale, and, uh, and, then, and then you can charge more. So basically what we're saying is it depends if you've gotten the money already. If the Mashiach happened, but you haven't gotten the money, so then you have the right to charge with the, the value of six per barrel. But if you've already received the money, then you can't go and say afterwards, oh, no, I, I really want more. That can't do. But as long as you didn't yet receive the money, only when the Mashiach was made, we give, uh, we give the Yisomim the upper hand here. Says the Gemara, more rules. Mashiach Pirmi asked me, if the Mashiach was done, but without payment, and then it went up in value, and now the Yisoyimim are trying to invalidate the sale and say, either pay me the higher price or we take it back. That's what we just learned from, just like Rechleib that the sale is considered incomplete until the money is given. That's all if it went up, and it's in the interest of the Yisoyimim to be closer. Zol, what if it decreased in value? So now, basically, the Mashiach was done, the Mashiach was done, but it decreased. So now it's in the interest of the Yishayimim, of the Yishayimim to validate the sale and say, no, the Kenyan Mashiach was already locked in, you already locked in at the price of four. And if now it goes down to two, no, you still have to pay me four. What's the halacha? The right to the regular person shouldn't be greater than those of the Beis HaMikdash. So basically we're saying, you can play both sides, just when it would be a regular person, right? We're able to say, once Mashiach was done, it was Kona. So, so to here, we could say this. We're able to say that even though it decreased in value, the purchaser has to bear the loss. So it's like whatever happened, then, then the Yisrael have the upper hand. If it increased in value, they could say, oh, you didn't pay us yet. So therefore it's not completed. Now you owe us higher value. But if it went down, they're able to say, hey, there was a kidney Mashiach or it's already locked in. Says the Gemara Mshukal apparently asked me. Let's say it's the opposite here. There was a Mashiach for the for the orphans. In other words, the, the, the orphans are buying something. So the administrator, the Apatropis, did a Mashiach for the Yisomim, but he hadn't yet paid yet. And then the Aiki, then the produce goes up in value. So now what's happening? So the seller who's selling to the Yisomim, he wants to invalidate the sale. He wants to say, oh, now I can get a higher price from it. So here we say, So what do we mean to say? Since once a regular purchaser does Mashiach, 
then the seller can no longer back out. So, so too here, certainly if it's Meshichah that's done on behalf of the orphans, the seller cannot reverse on the deal. So here it's better, it's in the interest of the Yisomim, where they're buying it to say that the Meshichah was Kona. And therefore, the increase in price is an increase in ours, even though we haven't paid yet, but they, we're Kona with the Meshichah. However, the opposite, so if the produce decreased in value, and now what's happening? The, again, the Yisomim already did Meshichah, but they haven't paid. It decreased in value. So therefore, that it would be in their interest to say, we haven't yet acquired it, and the decrease in value went down by you. So Safra, I mean, now we thought to say, okay, very good, let's make this like just as over there he said, that, that when it's in the Yisoma's interest to say, we're not with the, we're not using King Meshichah, only King Katsav, work with this here. So so too here, the Yisoma will say, we weren't Kona with the Meshichah, the decrease, was, the, de- the decrease was, in the, was in the possession of the seller, and we could get it now at a cheaper price. Actually, it could be bad for the Yisoma. The zim the mitzvah of the period. There are times that they might need produce. No one will give it to them unless they actually offer up money at front. Meaning, once the story gets out that there was a story where they did a mashikha but they hadn't paid, and then the someone came and nullified the sale because it because it because it went down, then no one's want to no one in the future will want to do business with the Yisomim unless they pay cash up front at the time of the mashikha because they'll be nervous it might go down and they'll invalidate the sale. So therefore, it's actually advantageous for the Yisomim in the long term to accept the loss. So therefore, they do bear the loss of the depreciation after the Mashiach. Continues the Gemara, that until now we've been speaking about where they did Mashiach, but they haven't paid. What if you have a season if the orphans gave money, but they didn't do a Mashiach on it, so now it's not the opposite. Could we say that they were Kona already with the money, already with the money? So a little introduction. Normally, it's Kesef Kona Metathlin. So according to Rabbi Yochanan Midaraitz, a Kesef is a Kona Metathlin. And they said not. You know why? Imagine you buy... You buy something, you didn't bring it to your rishos, you just paid for it. So if it would be yours and then a fire breaks out, what's gonna happen? The seller's not gonna care to protect your stuff because if the fire breaks out, he's like, look, it was already yours. I get my money, I'm gonna keep the money regardless. Why should I keep it? Why should I help protect it? So therefore, the Rambanan, they were sacking that you're not going with Kesef, you're only going with Mashiach. Therefore, if such a thing happened, the seller would protect the merchandise. So what happens now with the Yisomim? Are they going with Kesef? How does that work? So Yavis was a period, if they gave money for the produce, but they didn't do a Mashiach, and then it decreased in value. So therefore, the orphans want to, want to prevent the loss and say, hey, we weren't going yet with the Kesef. Of course, they have the right to do it. The right of a, of a regular person shouldn't be greater than that of Hektish. So if a regular person isn't going to, imagine that, a regular, that scenario happens to a regular person. He doesn't have to say, was Kona Bekesef, he could say, you know, Kesef is not Kona until there was a Mashiach. So if it depreciated, it wasn't Kona yet. So certainly the Yisomim can say that. But what about the opposite? Yeah, I care if the produce increased in value. So the seller now wants to invalidate the sale. The seller wants to say that, um, that, that your Kesef was not Kona. That's what he's trying to say. So, so now the Yisomim are trying to say, no, our Kesef was Kona and therefore it increased in our, in our possession. So I mean, uh, so originally they thought this is similar to Bar So the seller cannot retract. Here it's in the Yisomim's best interest for them to say the money that we paid already was Kona for us. Actually, it's bad for the orphans. Why? In other words, again, they paid for Kesef, just with Kesef. They didn't do a Mishichah and then it went up. So it would be good for the Yisomim to say, to play that card, hey, for us, we're Kona with Kasef, and therefore it went up in our Rishos. Says the Gemara, no, actually it's bad. Why? The seller's going to come and tell the Yisomim, your wheat may have gotten destroyed by a fire in the attic. Meaning, you can't have it both ways. You want to say you're Kona with Kasef, well, what would be then if a fire would break out? You haven't done a Mashiach, still by the seller. The seller's not going to protect the Yisomim's stuff because he was Kona with Kasef. 
So, oh, you're going for the short gain because it increased. I don't know, it went from four to six. So you say, okay, I was already going to Bekesef, but what if before you go to pick it up, the fire breaks out and then it gets destroyed, then it will be a total loss for the Yisomim because they were already going to Bekesef. So actually, it's in the greater interest of the Yisomim when they're buying something not to be going to Bekesef. Unbelievable. So basically, we're saying they theoretically can play either side, whether or not they're Kona Be'Mashicha or Bekasef, but sometimes you have to think about the long term, not the short term. Continues the Gemara, let's say the opposite here. Purchasers are giving orphans money for the produce. So in other words, they, the, the, the orphans have received the money, but there hasn't been a Kenyan, a Kenyan Mashicha, a Yaiker, and then an increase in value. So the, the orphans therefore want to cancel the sale. They're going to say, they're trying to say, even though you paid, but you didn't do Mashicha, so therefore it went up in our, in our Rishos. In hours, it hasn't yet left. Like, of course, just as a regular seller can cancel the sale before the Mashiach, certainly the orphans are able to cancel it before the Mashiach. That's clear. But Zol, what if it decreased in value? It decreased in value, and now the purchasers want to cancel the sale. So basically, the Yisomim, what happened? The Yisomim are selling it. They, the, the purchaser gave the money. But, um, but, but then it decreased in value. So it's in the advantage for the Yisomim to say, no, the kasef that you gave us was already koneh. Just if their orphans are treated like the Beis HaMikdash, so therefore the purchaser should acquire from them already when he gave the money without taking possessions. So the purchaser shouldn't be able to cancel the sale. Actually, in the long term, it's bad for the Yisomim. They might sometimes require money in the moment and they're trying to sell their produce to get money. No one's going to want to give them money a little theory until they actually hand over the produce. In other words, let's say like this. Let's say they're in their market and they desperately want to do a deal with their produce. So they're going to try to sell it. The problem is they don't have their produce with them to actually hand it over for a mashikha to happen. No one's going to buy it off them. No one's going to give them the cash because as soon as you give them the cash, you're going to tell me that, what they, I was koneit, and if I'm koneit, and then, then it's going to be locked into the price, even if it decreases, well, then I don't want to take that risk, the buyer's going to say. So I'm not going to buy from you. I'm not going to hand you the cash until you hand me the pre. Right? It's like, I'm not going to hand you the merchandise until you, in, 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 until you hand me the merchandise. I'm not going to give you my money. So therefore, it's in the long-term interest of the Yisomim, actually, again, that it's better for them not to cancel the sale. So very, very interesting sugi that we just had. Maskana is avad 100%. They theoretically have the Kohak, Kenyan Kesef, or Kenyan Mashicha. But you got to really think through in all the cases where it goes up or it goes down, so on and so forth, what is really in their best interest. Continues the Gemara with the story here. Amar Avashi, Anavar Avnachman, Chasim Dashtara, the Ime Zi'iri Yasma. Rav Kana and I signed as witnesses on a bill of sale which was written by the mother of Zi'ira the orphan. What did she sell? The Mazbin Ara Lacharga. She sold Zira's land. Again, Zira's an orphan. She sold the land to pay for the taxes. So sometimes, basically, you need to pay the taxes. And it's important you pay it right away, or else you can get in tremendous trouble. It's like a crime. You know, you don't pay the tax. The IRS comes after you. So she sold the land below Akhraza without making a proclamation. What's a proclamation? A proclamation, the concept is, is that you put it on the market. When you put it on the market and everybody bids and there's a big auction, then you for sure end up getting a better price for the real estate than if you would just sell it, you know, in the spirit of the moment, in the spur of the moment, just sell to whoever you find. So she needed money for the head tax. So right away she sold without auctioning, without making it public. So lachaira is that okay or not? So we're saying it's okay. The Aminardal, as soon as Aminardal say lachaira for head tax and mazoni, if you need food or like for a widow or something like that, like you need food in the moment, or for the expenses of a burial, you sell without a proclamation. Even though generally, whenever a mechira is sold to the Yisomim, we try as best as we can to do only do it to make a public proclamation about it and to make sure we get the best price. But there are times where it's desperate. At desperately, you need something. One of those examples is a head tax. If you don't pay, who knows what's going to happen to you? It's a criminal activity. And therefore, we'll make sure that we get the job done, even if there's no achrazah.
Says the Gemara, Asmam Amram Tabah, Apatropus, he asked Mahava. Amram was a dyer. He was an Apatropus of the property. Also, come from the company of Nachman. The relatives came from Nachman. Amulay, they said, Kalavish Machasim, he asked me. You know what he's doing? He is wearing clothing that belongs from the orphans. Meaning, he's, let's look at those guys. You see that fancy suit he's wearing? That's really the Isomim suit. So, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get the Apatropus in trouble, right? It's like Apatropus fraud. You know, that's the idea. The court points out Apatropus to help the interest, but then sometimes the people abuse it. Right? No one's exactly looking over them every single move that they're making. So there's a, it's fraud. It's a complaint of fraud. Look at the guy. He's wearing their suits. Amalur of Nachman said, Well, it'll be done the cops close. It actually is in the interest of the Yisoman for him to wear the fancy suit. Why? Because then people take him more, more seriously, right? He's got better, and that's why people wear fancy clothing. It's respect. So that's what it's about. He's going to be able to manage the properties more effectively. So he's actually allowed to draw money from the account and pay for his fancy clothing. It's all for the benefit of the Yisoman. So they continue, to do, but look, the guy's fine. He's eating in fine restaurants, right? He's, what's going on here? For Amr. But he's not wealthy enough. Meaning, what are we trying to say? That how did he, how is he paying that bill? He's a, he's not a, he's not a guy who's known to be wealthy. Must be they're accusing him. Really, mom is like accusing him. They didn't have proof. He's saying, oh, he's eating fancy food. It must be that he's taking the money from these homes. Or Nachman said, well, you don't have a right to accuse him like that. Even Mitzi Ashkach, maybe he just found the Mitzi. Maybe he found the diamond, and he got wealthy off of it. So that's not a reason that I have to fire him. But he's damaging their property. Meaning, they were saying he was like cutting down trees or stuff like that in the property. Rashi says, Rabbi Nachman said, so bring me witnesses that he's in fact damaging. And then I'll remove him from the position. He's damaging property, then we talk and remove him. If he's damaging the property. So, so, so he didn't, uh, he's not doing a good job. He's doing, his stuff is leading to damages. So what's the law? We do, in fact, remove him. So therefore, if you have witnesses that he's, that he's damaging, then we'll get rid of this guy. Said the Mishnah, we had a question. There, again, there's two types of apotropin. One is appointed by the father, or one can be appointed by the court. At the end, when you make a reckoning of all the accounts, is there a shvua? So the Tanakhama was saying that if it was from the father, you do have to swear. If it's from the court, you don't have to swear. What's the difference? My time, huh? Because if it wouldn't be that he had a benefit from the father, in other words, he must, if someone accepted from the father to look after the estate, he must have owed the father a favor. Or else, why would he agree to do it? If he owed it to him, and that's why he accepted, so the fact that he'll have to make a shvu on the end will not deter him from, and refrain him and from, make, from accepting the responsibility. So in other words, the, the idea of not making a shvu at the end would be because if he has to make a shvu, he won't accept the job. But why did he accept it on a personal level from the father? It must be he owed the father a favor. If you owe the father a favor, then you're going to have to do it either way, so then make him make a shvu. Whereas, if it's a court one, then he doesn't swear because most he's just a man of the community, right? He's doing a favor for the court. He's helping. He's troubling himself to look after them, after the affairs of the Yisomim. But if you put a shvua upon him, then he'll refrain from accepting the position. No one wants that. So therefore, it's in the best interest of the Yisomim actually to, to, to forego the shvua. Because even though at the end now, but in general, for the Olam, it's better if they don't make a shvua so that they'll get Abba Trumpson. Abba Shol says, is the opposite. If it's appointed by the father, he, then, then he... Then he um, 
does not have to swear. But if he's appointed by the court, he does have to swear. How do you figure that? My time in Yubi Beis in Yishava, says the Gemara, fascinating Svara. The court appointed Apatropos gets pleasure from the job. He, I know, he gets benefit. What benefit does the court appointed one get? The Kanafakalakala, the, the rumors go out with him. Danish Mehemnahu, ooh, do you see that guy? He's such a trustworthy per- person that the court appointed him over the Yisomasim. So, Samach Labaydina, the court's relying on him. So, everybody wants that job because it's so worth the Hana that everyone says you're trustworthy. Then, next time you want to do a deal, everyone will want to do business with you. So, since you have pleasure from it, so everyone wants it. If everyone wants it, then they're not going to refrain from accepting it just because of some. Oath that you have to take. And if it's the orphan's father, we know Avi If it's the orphan's father, Lo Yishava, then he shouldn't swear. Because it must be that there were just some favors that they did for one another, but not like, you know, he really owed him so much. It was like, okay, I'll do it for you. But if you have to say he's going to swear, also he'll refrain from accepting the position. We pass on the Gabashal, which means that the court appointed one to. Um, does swear, the father appointed one, does not swear. Now we get a machlokes, Tanya, Rab Lozman, Yaakov, Amr, says, Yishav, actually both of them swear. Allah, Ketvar, we pass, like him. Tanya, Rab Lozman, Yaakov, Amr, says, Yishav, Abishosh, we have so many Yishavah, the one that was appointed by the father has to swear. Neishu, Kenosei, Sachar, it's as if he's receiving payment, and therefore he's not going to refuse the appointment. And the idea is like, he must have owed the father big time. But the court is not paid, and therefore, uh, he therefore does not have to swear, otherwise he'll refuse it. So Did you bring the, the Kav and measure it out to him? What does he mean to say? He's trying to say that the administrators do not usually receive wages. You're saying that the, that the, the father appointed him, that the reason why the reason why he has to swear is because he receives wages. It sounds like you're assuming he really gets paid for it. No one gets paid for it. It's like he receives payment. Now there's obviously the orphan's, the orphan's father benefited him and that's why he's reciprocating and accepting responsibility. So it's like he's getting paid because he must have owed the father one. And therefore he won't be reluctant to accept the job. So in conclusion, there are two types. There are apotropos of the father, apotropos of the court. And we're saying that uh, do, do they have to swear at the end or not? It's machlokas tanom. Three different opinions. Either they both have to swear, only the court one has to, has to swear, only the father one has to swear. And it's all about do we say that if we make them swear at the end, then they'll refrain from accepting the job from the beginning? We're trying to figure that out. Is that getting benefit from doing it or not?